Hello and welcome to the Bridge City Church podcast. If you would like to get connected, you can find us on Facebook at Bridge City Church or come along to our Sunday service at 10am. We'd love to have a coffee and a chat. We hope you enjoy this week's message. See you at church. Well, kids... I'm going to make sure, hopefully, I'm not too boring for you this morning. I've um, worked hard to try and make sure that my message caters for everyone this morning. And um, I thought would set up some precedent and some rules this morning. Um, This morning, I'm going to be talking about Earth's Rescue Mission. So, when I do the word Earth's Rescue Mission, I say Rescue Mission... I think we need a sound effect. No one agree. I'm glad you agree. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor Robin. So, so, so when I say rescue mission, we're going to be listening out for hopefully this sound. Rescue mission. I'll try again. Rescue mission. Does anyone know what that is? See, when I was your age, kids, I had a favourite show called Kim Possible. And if you can have a crush on a cartoon character, (laughs) Rachel, what are you laughing for? But Kim Possible was a really cool spy and she had missions. And so this was her notification when a mission came in, she would hear rescue mission, something to that effect. So Sophie's going to help me. But kids, you need to keep an eye on Sophie that she doesn't fall asleep this morning. Apparently, they're expecting that to happen. <laughs> so, so if she misses it, you need to shout out, rescue mission. Can you do that? She missed it. I just said rescue mission. Rescue mission. Oh, thank you. Kids, you've got to keep on top of Sophie, because if I say rescue mission, I... Re- well done, Sophie. <laughs> So this morning, I'm going to be talking about the biggest ever rescue mission ever seen to mankind. What was that rescue mission, did you say, Samuel? Oh, good, good. Okay. So this is the biggest rescue mission ever known. I've got to be careful with my words. And if we're going to talk about the biggest rescue mission ever known to mankind, I think we need to go back to the very, very beginning. Get this on. Let's try again. Oh, there we go. I might have pressed it again. Cool. So the very, very, very first part of time. Because in the beginning, we read it in 1 John was the Word. Does anyone remember from a sermon? I'd say Bible, you'd go, Word. Anyone remember that? Yeah, cool. That's it. So in the beginning in in, in 1 John, there was the Word. And the Word was God. And at the very beginning, and I was chatting with my kids this week about this message and getting ideas, we talked about Adam and Eve. Does everyone know who Adam and Eve is? Great. So Adam and Eve... The very, very first human beings, God's created them. 
And they could pretty much rule the garden. They got to name the creatures and animals. They come up with cool names like Scott. And they, cre- they, they came up with all the names. I'm glad someone gave me a giggle there. That's good. Um, and um, they had a relationship so close and intimate with God that I think I can't even comprehend. Like, like they could talk to God just like I'm talking to you now, except for as more personal, person, personal and, and, and more intimate. And there's this great, great relationship going on. And then they did something. Something they were told not to do. Has anyone ever here done something you were told not to do? I was going to say, I thought, I was just making sure you're putting your hand up, Chelsea. I thought you were going to keep that down for a second. I was going to say, liar. So we've all done something. Do we all agree we've done something we were not supposed to do? And what did, what did Adam and Eve do, kids? I ate an apple, did I hear? But I eat apples all the time. You're telling me I eat apples and it's naughty? Did Adam and Eve eat an apple? No. I may have eaten apples for food, but that's not naughty. What did Adam and Eve do? Ate from the tree they were not supposed to. Does anyone know what that tree was called? Oh, yeah. Yeah, the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Well done, you two. Well done. The tree of knowledge of good and evil. And, um, And then something dramatic happened. For the first time... There was sin in the earth. There was sin. And, um, and that sin created a big divide. Has anyone ever done anything nasty to someone, or even accidentally, but did something wrong, and you felt like there was something between you and that other person? It might be a friend, it might be your mum and dad, and you thought, oh man, my mum and dad don't love me anymore. How could they love me? It might be a friend and you felt like there's a wall between you. And has anyone ever felt that like wall or that gap between that relationship? Well, I'm a dad and I love my kids dearly. Um, I was talking to my kids last week and I forgot how it came up, but I said, look, they, they said if something came in and, and uh, a baddie or something like that, you know, they don't want to die. And I said, well, I would, I would get in the way and I would, I would save you. And I'd be happy to lay down my life here because I would do anything to protect my kids. And um, just like I am a father with my love for my kids, all of a sudden God's got separation with his children, Adam and Eve, the ones he created, the ones that he loved, his, his, his babies. And so, so God came up with a rescue mission. Well done, Sophie. Well done. So, so he came up with a, a rescue mission for his people. And, um, and, uh, and if we go through the Bible... We see this rescue mission in place time and time again. We see Noah's Ark. Noah's Ark. There's a whole bunch of bad stuff going on in the world now. There's lots and lots of sin. If you think about Adam and Eve's sin just being one little dot on a white page, 
the whole page is now full of black, full of black, because there's so much sin in the world. So, so God decides to save his people, and it may not make a whole lot of sense, but out of love, he builds, gets Noah to build an ark, gets all the animals on board, and they're in this ark for, uh, it's raining for 40 days and 40 nights, and they're in this ark for just around about a year, and um, the waters fade away, and God saves his people, because this is part of his rescue mission. And at the end of that, the Noah's Ark, as a sign of his rescue mission, thank you kids, thank you, keeping Sophie on track, a sign of his rescue mission, God did something really special. He did something so special to show his love and his promise for people. Does anyone know what that special thing was after Noah's Ark? Yeah, Phoebe? A rainbow. Well done. A rainbow. And because his, his rainbow was a sign of love. And it's also a sign of him showing us, hey, there's a rescue mission in place. A rescue mission in place. A rescue mission. And then if we keep going in the Bible, we see more rescue missions at play. Thank you, kids. Keeping on attack. Rescue mission, Sophie. Thank you. Come on. I see what I did was that I waited till we changed a slide. Then I said rescue mission, which creates a lot of complex for Sophie. <laughs> well done, Naomi. You caught her again. Well, I did say rescue mission amongst all that ramp. Thank you. So, so then we see another story in the Bible. We see a story of a family whose God's, God, God just loves his people. And, um, and, and he has this favorite son, this, this guy. And what, what was the son's name? Joseph. 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 Well done. Well done. And so Joseph had a coat of many colors and he was favorite. And then something terrible happened. Has anyone ever done something really naughty to their brother and sister before? I have. You can never repeat this. You've got to delete this from a recording. But my little brother, and you do not do this to your siblings. Just put it down there. But I may or may not have possibly tied him to a tree across the road when we were kids and left him across there with ants crawling all over him. So when I tell the story of Joseph... I look at the brothers and think they're really nasty and mean, but well, I don't know. I'm pretty bad myself. Yeah, you're All right, here you go. So, so, so Joseph, Joseph has a hard time. He gets put in a hole, then his brothers sell him into slavery, and then through that slavery, he then gets put into Potiphar's house. He does exceptionally well. He gets promoted again. He's up the top. And then he comes crushing down again because he's put in prison. I mean, talk about an up and down. I mean, talk about suffering and awesomeness and suffering and awesomeness and suffering. And then, and then, Pharaoh's having these dreams. And um, he's having these dreams. And, and, and Joseph, through God, can interpret what these dreams mean. And, um, 
And part of God's rescue mission was that he knew, well done, Sophie, he knew that there was a famine coming and he knew to save his people, he had to forego and plan and get Joseph in the place of authority because he had a rescue mission for his people. And then Egypt, unfortunately, doesn't turn out so good for them after a few generations. And we see another rescue mission at play. Because all the Israelites had become, well, they weren't quite Israelites then, but his people had become, in, become slaves. The Egyptians were scared of his people because they were prosperous, they're smart, they're intelligent, their farming worked really well, and so, so they, they tried to persecute his people. And persecution's still a real thing today. But God had a rescue mission for his people. And so, so what happened was, he then sent someone special who should have died, but saved him, put him on a river. Does anyone know the story? Moses. That's exactly right. And so we see, we see Moses, God uses to rescue his people because he has a rescue mission for his people. I made you slip up once now. You're not going to slip up at all now, are you, Sophie? So, so we saw something incredible. So the Pharaoh was incredibly arrogant, bossy, hard fist. He didn't want to let go of his people. So what did he do? Does anyone know? What, what, what did Moses do? Yes, Hugo? You don't know? Ah, yes. Sorry? It got re- no, not quite. So what did, what, did, what did God do for Moses? I'll give you a hint. This is not what this is for. Oh, okay, I think we got the, my awesome illustration right there. So you're right. He turned, so, so there, was, there, was, there was ten plagues. So he turned water to blood. He sent a ridiculous amount of frogs, spot on. Then there was lice, flies, which is still here today for some weird reason at Murray Bridge. Lives, he, he, he destroyed their livestock Boils, so sores all over him. Hail, locusts, darkness, and then, then sadly killing the firstborn son. That's exactly right. And then finally, finally, the, his people are free and they're running and they're leaving as quickly as Egypt. And then they hit a dead end, absolute dead end. They hit a river and they can't get through. And, and think about something quite a bit bigger um, and further across, could you imagine coming up to the Murray River, your enemy's chasing you, and you're not a very good swimmer? Yeah, I know. And in fact, the people chasing you are soldiers, they're stronger, they've got weapons, but they're coming for you, and you've got to get across. So, so what happens? Because, yeah. Divided the war into exactly right. Divided the sea into two. So, so, because even when they thought they hit a dead end, God always has a rescue mission. And then if we fast forward, 
we see when God works his way through the desert, and there's a bit of a story there, and, and then he comes into the promised land, and then they come against this mighty, mighty stronghold, these big walls, this, this impassable thing called Jericho. And, and, then, and then they're thinking they've got to get ready for battle. I mean, if you're going to take over a huge, phenomenal city, let's just say we're going to go take over the United States of America, little old Australia. I mean, ha, I mean do you think we could do it? No, no, not, not me, either Hugo. But, but so they come to the walls of Jericho, and then does anyone know what God tells his people to do? I thought you were going to say blow it up, but blow horns. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so they walk around Jericho, seven days, walking around, walking around. To me, that doesn't make a lot of sense. Doesn't make any logical sense. And you're absolutely right, Hugo. They walked around seven days, and they're worshipping God. And on the seventh day, when the trumpet sounded... God had a rescue mission, and down came the walls. We think about Gideon. Does anyone know who Gideon is in the Bible? Gideon is probably one of my favorites in the Old Testament because I relate to Gideon. Because Gideon, and my teacher summed it up really well in school, said that he was a wheat-whacking wimp. Because down the very bottom, he was hiding from the enemy. He was the least of the least. But God used him because he had a rescue mission. I hadn't finished saying rescue mission, Sophie. Come on, behave. Thank you, Doug. I did say rescue mission again, just to clarify. Kids, you're falling asleep. You're not keeping Sophie on her toes. Thank you. And then same thing, surrounds the enemy, stronger and powerful, and Gideon gets his, the, the clay jars with the torches and the trumpets surround and sends the enemy in a bit of chaos. And God is victorious again for his people because he has a rescue mission. Another goldie is when David beats Goliath. Look at the right one. Beautiful. David beats Goliath. Has anyone ever felt like they've come up against something that's way too big? They can't conquer on their own strength? I love this story of David and Goliath because in every respect, David shouldn't have won. But because of his belief in God and knowing that God has a rescue mission, he stands up strong, to, stands up strong to Goliath. And again, his people are freed. What about Jonah? I think I pressed the wrong button up here. What about Jonah? Jonah's got an interesting story because Jonah was told to go to the Ninevites to tell them that, hey, you haven't been behaving. Is there something funny about my picture? You'll have to tell me what's funny about it later. So, so Jonah is told to, 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 to go tell the Ninevites to repent or they're going to die. And so, hey, what's he do? 
Does he do it? No. He runs away. He does the complete opposite. He doesn't trust in God. He runs away. And then on the boat, the storms come, the waves come, and he gets thrown overboard and gets swallowed by a big fish. And then, and then, and then, he's in there for three days and three nights. I know someone else that was in a a similar situation, three days and three nights. Can anyone guess at the back? Daniel. Well, I don't think Daniel was in there three days and three nights, but but he was definitely in a perilous situation. Um, Yeah, is he? Jesus. He was in the grave tomb three days and three nights. And I think God might have been a bit sneaky here, giving us a hint of his rescue mission. Another story I loved in the Bible growing up was Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, which I can finally say as an adult. It took me a long time to get my tongue around that, kids. I still said it right, Chelsea. You're not correcting me there. Good. So, 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 so they were f- thrown into a, a fiery furnace because what happened was they were told, if you don't bow down to the statute and worship this statute, you're going to be thrown into a fiery furnace. Yeah, I know. Nasty. Could you imagine that? A big statue and saying, that Christmas tree is your God. You must bow down to it because it is God. Crazy, right? Crazy. And so Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, uh-uh, we're not doing that. And then they got thrown into a fiery furnace. Three people went in, and how many people, how many beans could you see in there? That mass doesn't add up. Do you think they died? You know why? Because God has a rescue mission. Could have been an angel. Could have been Jesus. There's a bit of, bit of controversy around that one. We'll leave that for another day. And then Daniel and the lion's dead. Well done to that one. Daniel's in the lion's den. Another great story. Perilous situation. Thrown in with lions. And God, through his saving grace... Shut the mouse on the lines because he had a rescue mission. We've got Esther, another amazing situation where through, through a person, God implements his rescue mission. And it's because ultimately God wants to get back to that very start. That point of where he wants a relationship with his people. Who's his people? Us. You, Izzy? That's you? you? That's it, you? Yep. He wants a relationship with you. With you. He wants a relationship because he wants us to spend eternity with him in heaven. That's why he's got his rescue mission because he wants to spend eternity with us. Second Timothy says, The Lord will rescue me from every evil deed and bring me safely into his heavenly kingdom. To him be for glory forever and amen. You see, this is hard for us to get our minds around. If I use this for an illustration, 
What is this? A sword? You sure it's a sword? A walking stick? You sure? Don't tell Lynn, but I stole it from the broom. I will promise I'll return it. Don't worry. (laughs) I'm scared now. (laughs) Or maybe it was a paintbrush roller. It all, I guess, depends on your perspective, right? It depends on what, where you're looking for or what you want it to be. It could be a bazooka, a javelin. It could be lots of things depending on your perspective. But let's pretend, let's pretend this stick represents time. Can we do that for a second? At this end, at this end, we've got beginning, okay? And at this end, we've got the end. Which, for the sake of this, let's just call this creation. And let's call this end heaven. Does that sound okay? Does that make logical sense that time has a beginning and an end? What if I told you that that's not how God sees time? What? What if I say God kind of sees time like this? If I go to the next slide. What if I said God sees time? If you look at time like this, what do you see? If I come back here so you can't see all the stick. Can you see this little, kind of see the dot? It doesn't seem very big anymore, does it? What if I just said, because God, we, we see beginning and an end. We see time as something being really, really long. I think back to creation and I see thousands of years, thousands, like, like really ancient stuff, more ancient than your oldest person you know with the amount of wrinkles that they may possibly have. And I mean nobody in this room, by the way. But really, really old. old older than dinosaurs. Before there was dinosaurs, before there, before there was heavens and the earth, there was the word down here. And then we've got heaven and eternity. And we see, we, we come around and we celebrate every year around Christmas time in an important, what feels like the start of God's rescue mission, somewhere in the middle here. See... I recently watched a movie with my kids called Boss Baby, number two. And it is the most ridiculous idea that you're going to send a baby on a rescue mission. Do we agree? To send a baby on a rescue mission. But if we think about Christmas, that's what we're celebrating. We're celebrating that the God of the universe who threw down here, there was a separation. Sin had come into the world, and right in the middle somewhere, God sends his son, a little baby, on a rescue mission. Exactly, exactly, Phoebe. And, and, and why did God send Jesus? 
Why did God send Jesus? Yes, Samuel? As a part of God's rescue mission. Absolutely right. At the very start, God had this plan always, always along. And what may seem like an impossible length of time, and may seem like when you read in the Bible that Jesus is coming again, and it may seem like it's such a long time, but Jesus is coming again. See, Jesus came as a little baby to die on the cross for our sins. And it's absolutely right, Samuel, as part of his rescue missions. And to me, that's why we celebrate Christmas. We are celebrating the fact that we're not alone. We may come up against obstacles. We may be facing uh, a pandemic at the moment. We may be feeling like we have not enough, whatever. We may feel empty inside. But Jesus has a rescue mission for us. He does. He died. He came. He died on the cross. He took that sin. And see, what I find really interesting, when we read the Old Testament, God does a lot for his people. He, like, he really, he does. If you look at the miraculous, the most amazing, phenomenal things throughout the history of the Old Testament, and then something fundamentally shifts when he sends his son, his baby, Because no longer are we reliant on God doing all these big, amazing things. We can have the Holy Spirit in our heart. He can live through us. We can have a relationship with God again. Isn't that amazing? That's part of his rescue mission. Thank you, kids. And this... This year, when we celebrate Christmas, I want you to remember that when we celebrate Christmas, when we think about little baby Jesus, we think about Joseph, the Mary, the angels, the, 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 um, the wise men that come with their presents, when we think about that, just remember, God has a rescue mission for you, for you to have a relationship with him. And so, kids, Christmas, what are we going to remember? Has a rescue mission. Let's try it again. What are we going to remember, kids? Rescue mission. And you know what's really cool? You know what's really, really cool? Is that because God sent the Holy Spirit, because Jesus can now live in our hearts, we get to be part of that rescue mission. How cool is that? We can have a relationship with him now and we can also be a part of his rescue mission. Awesome. Let me pray for you all. Father God, Lord, I just thank you Thank you that you sent your son. Lord, we can look sometimes at the bad people in the Bible but and concentrate on them and see a bit of us in them. And I'm just so thankful that you sent your son. 
Lord, that we don't have to be separated from you. We don't have to be bad, but we can turn our lives around to have a relationship with you. God, thank you for sending your son. And, and I just pray that this Christmas, may we keep our eyes on you, Jesus. May we become closer to you and may we renew our relationship with you, Jesus. Help us to be a part of your rescue mission for your earth, Lord. The biggest rescue mission in this globe, Lord. We just pray you help us be a part of that this morning. Thank you for all that you've done, Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. If you enjoyed today's podcast, make sure you subscribe to stay up to date with all our latest sermons. If you'd like to get connected, you can find us on Facebook at Bridge City Church or come along to our Sunday service at 10am.